Ice-T, Ice-Tray, Vanilla Ice, they should all melt away. Cop haters. Cop haters. And in fact, Ice-T, who's now a detective on one of the 10,000 different Law & Order series, making mad money, mad money. And he did his song, Body Bag, which was about killing cops and putting them in body bags. Have you all forgiven them for that? Of course some of you have. But the reason that I play this song from N.W.A., this was the song that was pulsating through Gracie Mansion on Saturday night. Yeah, Saturday night. Now you say, well, wait, 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 what was Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens doing in Gracie Mansion? He's almost never there. He doesn't spend much time there overnight. He spends it right across from the United Nations in the Trump Tower, 90 stories high. And he stays in the apartment of his very dear friend, Johnny Petrosian, who is a convicted felon. Now, what he's doing in that apartment till the break of dawn, hey, knock yourself out. You figure it out. But what the hell is he doing there? So he decided on Saturday night he would host a dinner. And it wasn't for Sid Rosenberg, who always thinks he's the guy who's number one in the pecking order. Since, uh, once again, he proved he was a sycophant toady and lackey of Eric Adams. What a softball interview. We'll get to that momentarily. But, hey, Noam Layden and James Flippin, uh, notice uh, they're always a dollar short day late. This uh, Cracker Jack news team uh, with no Cracker Jack prize. Do you know who was at dinner at Gracie Mansion on Saturday night? Invited? AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And she was invited by Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. And then she said, and by the way, I'm bringing my mini-me. I'm bringing Tiffany Caban, a city council person uh, from uh, Astoria. And so it's clear that Mayor Eric Adams has no mindset to take on the socialists in the Democratic Party. Those who hate the police want to defund the police, eliminate the police. That's what AOC All Out Crazy Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez wants to do. Leader of the Democratic Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors, and her mini-me, Tiffany Caban. What the hell were they having dinner with the mayor? He's waved the white flag. He's not willing to take the battle to them. In fact, he wants to be loved by them because he fears a future challenge from the far left. When he decides to run for mayor of the city of New York again, over my dead body. But anyway, let me give you the nitty gritty details of which the WABC non crackerjack news team and, of course, Sid Rosenberg didn't want to tell you. They sat down and they discussed defunding the police. And I'm telling you this, you would have thought that Eric Adams would have gotten some feedback from uh, the police department, 
and said, what's going on in Astoria? What's going on in AOC, all our crazies? Uh, two districts, one in Queens, one over in the Bronx near Throg's Neck and Morris Park. Is she starting to get along with the police? The answer is no. I was at a meeting last night in Astoria, the heart of AOC land, dealing with a number of concerned residents who said, I couldn't believe it. I walk into the 114th police precinct meeting, which is the police department that covers that area. And the AOC acolytes, the mini-me of AOC, come on, they're screaming and yelling at the inspector. They're filming him. They're telling him not to make arrests, even though crime is up 40% in Astoria, skyrocketing. And I said, you're kidding, right? I said, you know, the mayor had dinner with AOC and Tiffany Caban and made peace with the cop haters. Here's the guy who uh, a while back said, oh, we got to take on the Democratic Socialists of America. Well, we can't let them defund the police. And he, he sits down and breaks bread. And all they were talking about all night long was defunding the police. That's right. Eliminating the police. So guess what? I'm making uh, news here. Hey, uh, please, get a, you're breaking news here, Lou. Breaking news. I, everybody else does breaking news here. Breaking news, please, please. Breaking news. WABC. So check it out, AOC, and your mini-me, Caban. You have rendered the police department impotent in the 114th Precinct in Astoria. You've gone into their meetings. You screamed at them. You yelled at them. Guess what? I'm bringing the guardian angels into our story. That's right. With a 40% increase in crime, they need it. They need that and more, as do communities throughout the city. This is the antidote to Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who has folded and waved the white flag to the socialists in the Democratic Party. He has bucked. He has bowed. He has curtsied to his queen, AOC. <laughs> well, the battle continues. Oh, and by the way... What a softball interview this morning that his very dear friend um, uh, Sid Rosenberg had with the mayor. In fact, uh, Sid asked Adams if he liked Donald Trump. And I said to somebody, Mr. Mayor, a couple of days ago, I said, you know what's funny about Eric? I said, he is Trump. He is almost exactly. He's not going to want to hear this because, again, he compares himself to Biden, blah, blah, blah. But he is so much like Donald Trump. No, I'm, I'm a blue-collar guy, brother. I love talking about why I like Biden, why I believe I'm a blue-collar man, just as you love talking about why you like uh, Trump, you know? Uh, th- this is who we are. Blue-collar mayor with $5,000 customized suits that even Pablo Escobar, when he headed the Medellin cartel in Colombia, didn't wear? What kind of a blue-collar guy, Eric Adams, Wears $5,000 customized suits. And by the way, uh, there was a gift of your former chief of staff, Frank Caron, who gave you $300,000 to get a new wardrobe when you appointed him chief of staff. Look, I know where everybody's bones are buried and who buried them. And then all of a sudden, right, all of a sudden, here was Sid. Listen to what he had to say this morning as he doesn't even know who the hell the assembly leader is. The person who has become the second crook in a row following Meyer Lansky, a.k.a. Hyman Roth, better known as Sheldon Silver. He died and went straight to hell without an asbestos suit. 
It's now, what's his name, Sid? That's fair. Now, let me ask you about uh, Heasty he, from Kathy Hochul to Heasty. To, all of a sudden this morning after the New York Post had Heasty. Now Heasty, according to the Post this morning. Now, he kept calling him Heasty. The mayor was on. He wouldn't even call him by his last name. He just kept referring to him as Carl. Uh, for the purposes of edification, Lou and Justin, uh, since you're with Sid in the morning, and I'll be on tomorrow at 7.05, could you explain to Sid that this is the correct pronunciation for the crooked Speaker of the Assembly of New York? I'm Carl Hasty, Speaker of the New York State Assembly. Carl Hasty, Assembly Speaker Carl Hasty. Can I hear Sid again in terms of what he was calling the Speaker of the Assembly? That's fair. Now, let me ask you about uh, Heasty he, from Kathy Hochul. To Heasty, to, all of a sudden this morning, after the New York Post had Heasty, now Heasty, according to the Post, this morning. <laughs> You're in over your head, Sid. By the way, um, uh, Justin, and I know you've taken the code of Omerta as the executive producer of the morning show. Was there any discussion about the fact that we only have 32,500 police officers when we need 40,000 and that recruitment is down to an all-time low, and that members who generally have been in uh, the NYPD three to five years are being recruited by departments throughout the tri-state area, uh, county sheriffs, state police departments, municipal police departments, and especially south of the border in so many of the southern states, and especially in Florida. Was there any mention of that? Was there any mention of that? Any, any whatsoever? No, I, I didn't think so. Uh, let's see the other uh, sort of overwhelming issue that is going to crush us financially is the fact that Eric Adams, a very dear friend uh, of Sid Rosenberg, um, has now incurred us with a debt of $4 billion and it's growing because he has welcomed in 50,000 illegal aliens as they continue to come in. And he's not putting them in the normal shelters like the Bellevue shelter, like the shelters that would be set aside for the American homeless. No, no, he's putting them up in three-star hotels, the most recent of which 600 rooms leased out from a red Chinese owner and operator who had declared bankruptcy and was asked uh, by the bankruptcy judge in Wilmington, Delaware, why don't you speak to the mayor? He's looking for rooms there. He'll make you a deal and he'll put you in the black. And that's exactly what he did for a red Chinese guy. Uh, were there any questions about all the illegal aliens coming into New York City? Could I, could I hear what his response was, Lou? No, of course not. But I know probably what it was. It was uh, swapping spit with Eric Adams. Uh, hey, hey, come on. It's time that Sid have to grow a pair. He's got to show that he's adversarial in some way. In the words of Bernard McGurk, who's... This studio is named in honor of the greatest producer and broadcaster combined of all time. He was a multitasker. Rarely were people able to combine the both. Like, for instance, uh, in the afternoons, we have uh, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly. He was a producer for the Rush Limbaugh show, and now he's a talk show host on his own. Uh, he can't compare to what Bernard McGurk used to do as producer for the Imus in the Morning Show and then uh, he became a talk show host uh, in his own right as he was teamed with Sid upon his request. Every day when Bernard McGurk was alive 
and he would come into these studios, he would say, Eric Adams does not name and shame. He does not name and shame uh, the Manhattan District Attorney, Alvin Bragg, friend of the criminal. He does not name and shame his very dear friend, who he calls by his first name in the assembly, a crook. Who is so crooked that when he dies of greed, by having his beak in the trough of all the lobbyists up in uh, Albany who wine, dine, and pocket line him, that when you go to see uh, Carl, as the mayor says, at his wake, they won't be able to close the casket at the end because he's so crooked they'll have to get a black and decker power drill and drill him into uh, the ground of a cemetery. No, 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 no. Softball, softball, softball. So, um, up next, who am I going to talk about? The other guy who has come out of the crypt, Andrew Elias Cuomo, for a second opportunity to try to somehow explain, as Ricky Ricardo uh, uh, would say to Lucy, I need to explain myself to you and everybody. We will see if Andrew Elias Cuomo, King Cuomo II, the son of Mario Facha Bruta Cuomo, King Cuomo I, was able to do that last night with John Katzmatidis. Is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa? Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. I was there at the compound in Southampton. There is Andrew Evilize Cuomo. Who's Michael Corleone to his family. There is Chris Cuomo, a.k.a. Fredo. And uh, there is uh, Joe Pococo, the wartime consigliere who would swing and wing and through uh, pain compliance make sure that everybody was following up on the dictates and demands of then-Governor Andrew Evilize Cuomo. He just finished doing six years for political corruption. They've hit the mattresses, they're stirring the marinara sauce. He's attempting to slowly crime his way back and have a political comeback. Friday, we heard his first hour with John Katsimatidis in which he basically was on the periphery of many of the issues that were a hallmark of his governorship, many that the voters, even some of his fellow Democrats, uh, homosexuals who used to love to watch him do those 12 in the afternoon PowerPoint presentations in the middle of coronavirus and COVID-19 and watch him... flex his pecs underneath his polo shirt because he had the nipple ring in. Yep, 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 yep. Well, that's all gone. So the question is, because he's listening intently, I know it, I've been an enemy of Andrew Ivalaj Cuomo going back to his father, Mario Fachabrota Cuomo. In fact, may I start out this segment by giving Andrew the salute. Andrew, I send him a tu siu pro, you know, Svachin. And like your father, Mario, you are. Although yesterday you dived back into the pool of WABC for a full hour with our owner-operator and talk show host in his own right, John Katsimatidis. And I guess you recognize that you can't operate on the periphery. You can't do the rope-a-dope 
that it's somehow you've got to address the biggest issues that you left New York State with and the country with and then went into hiding, went into uh, your sanctuary out there at the compound in Southampton. So John asked you that question right out of the box. The number one question, uh, uh, Governor Cuomo, is what happened? What happened with the nursing home crisis? And, and people are criticizing you. That's great. John came right at him. Obviously, Andrew Cuomo knew after time and time again vacillating and on the periphery that he would have to handle these issues and crawl out of the belly of the beast. So for those of you who could not listen, and obviously you could go to the podcast, it was 8 to 9 last night at WABCradio.com. This is how Andrew Evilize Cuomo addressed John Katsimatidi's question. I'm, I'm glad to speak to you, John, because it's caused me great pain, frankly. The issue has gotten very politicized. It was right through it, by the way, because it was in the middle of a presidential election. And then you have people, in retrospect, who now see a different situation. Let's remember what happened. It was in China. People from China went to Europe. The flights from Europe were coming to New York, JFK, Newark, etc. And COVID was here much, much earlier than anybody ever knew. Uh, and where does COVID go? It goes into the nursing homes because that's where the vulnerable are. Now, it's a political season and the president is running and the president says, COVID, you know who's to blame? The governors uh, and especially the Democratic governors, they're to blame for COVID and they're to blame for nursing home deaths. Uh, and then they, they say the hospitals sent people to nursing homes who had COVID and the nursing homes had to take these people with COVID. Lie. John, lie. I don't use that word lightly. Lie. So uh, we're all liars. We were there at that moment. And we also had to, uh, from day to day, listen or watch Andrew Cuomo have a great time with the author of Report After Report, initially Dr. Fauci from Brooklyn, whose father owned a pharmacy, uh, that said, don't worry about it. In fact, he was on with John Katsimatidis in June of 2020 and said, oh, there's an outbreak uh, one, one person has. Coronavirus uh, outside of Seattle. Don't worry about it. Nothing to worry about. He couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong. And remember how they were joking in the midst of this during the lockdown and pandemic, Fauci and Cuomo? I said that as soon as uh, the vaccine is deemed ready and safe, I'll be the first one to take a vaccine. Uh, maybe we enlist you. I'll do it with you. We'll do an ad telling New Yorkers it's safe to take the vaccine to... Uh, to, you know, put us together. We're like the uh, modern-day uh, De Niro and Pacino. You can be which whenever, whichever you want. You can be the De Niro or Pacino. <laughs> Fauci and Cuomo, I'll give you a fun. But who, who do you want to be, De Niro or Pacino? Which one do you want to be? I love them both. <laughs> I love them both. I don't want to insult one or the other. If I say one, I don't want to hurt the feelings of the other. Yeah. So Who's the politician? Uh, people are dying. They're laughing like jackals. 
But then the most egregious lie of all of Andrew Evilice Cuomo, who accused us of lying and Trump of lying, listen to what he told John Katsimatidis and our WABC audience last night. No nursing home in the state of New York must accept any payment, a patient. And as a matter of fact, the law is the exact opposite. A nursing home cannot accept a patient unless they have the ability to properly care for that patient within their population. So any nursing home can say, I can't take that patient. That patient has COVID. Any nursing home must say, if they're not able to take a person and protect the rest of their resident population. Uh, so it's just, it was a lie that they made up. It was another lie that they made up. Andrew, you see, what you don't realize is when you lie and lie and lie, you forget the lies that you tell, and you're hoping, uh, like all politicians, not just you, a Democrat, but Republicans, they all think that people are stupid. I know you think that. Uh, you all feel you're entitled politicians. That's why at the start of this program, uh, it says Curtis Lee was a politician who says trust no politicians. I don't trust any of them because they think the people are stupid that they can't remember what was said five minutes ago, five days ago, five weeks ago, five months ago, five years ago. And here's a classic example, right? You saw how Cuomo there said that they they had they could say no that a nursing home could say if a covid patient was being transferred to them they could say no we're not taking that covid patient but listen to what then governor cuomo said at the height of the lockdown and pandemic they don't have the right to object that is the rule and that is the regulation and they have to comply with it and the regulation is basic common sense they don't have a right to object. Can I have that one more time? Because that goes in complete contrast to what he told John Katsimatidis last night in the WABC audience. They don't have the right to object. That is the rule and that is the regulation. And they have to comply with it. And the regulation is basic common sense. And, you know, you oftentimes hear the former secretary and aide-de-camp of Andrew Evilice Cuomo when he was Governor Melissa DeRosa. She actually admitted that they hid nursing home data so that the feds wouldn't find out. She, in a uh, Zoom meeting with Democratic leaders, said that we froze out of fear that the true numbers of all the deaths as a result of COVID of senior citizens in New York State would be used against us by federal prosecutors. They knew they were wrong. They feared prosecution. And then, of course, there was the other big question, because early on in the process, the president of the United States at that time, Donald Trump, said that he would send the naval ship to uh, the harbor in New York to house people who had been diagnosed with uh, corona and the um, variants because of the overload of our hospital system. Uh, the uh, medical ships that uh, was Washington sent in. What happened with that? Ah, President Trump calls up, says, I have uh, two great things I'm going to do. I'm going to send a 
medical uh, military ship to New York and a medical military ship to Los Angeles. I said, great. Uh, the military ships then had to get to Los Angeles and get to New York, which took a while. Uh, and then the ship comes in the harbor, big front page picture, the ship coming in the harbor, uh, docks uh, on the uh, east side. And uh, I go down to meet the ship. I meet the uh, military personnel in charge of the ship. And they say, uh, I say, welcome to New York. They say, pleasure to be here. By the way, we can't accept any COVID people. They actually said that? Yes. <laughs> I said, oh. But, but, I mean, President Trump said them here on one condition. <laughs> they said, we can't accept COVID people. And they had this explanation that they didn't want to have to disinfect the entire ship afterwards. It would be too hard to disinfect the ship. So then we go back and forth. If they can disinfect the hospital, why can't you disinfect the ship? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, this goes on for a period of time. Eventually, uh, I went back to the president, uh, and I said, look, uh, this ship won't take COVID people. And uh, they said, well, maybe take other people from hospitals and put them in the ship and then put the COVID people in the beds that they vacated. Anyway, uh, by the time they reversed themselves, and President Trump, to his credit, did get them to reverse themselves and said, okay, you can put COVID-positive people in the ship. By the time that happened, John, we didn't need it. We had built uh, Javits, if you remember, 2,500 beds. We had built uh, emergency hospital beds all across the state, and we, we didn't need the ship uh, by the time it was actually cleared. Hmm. Today, hear the foghorn. All right, I'm cutting through the fog of time. And Andrew Evelyn was absolutely correct. He didn't lie there. That was correct. As opposed to what he said about the nursing homes and them being forced to take uh, COVID patients. But let's go to the allegations against Andrew Evelyn Cuomo, the perv governor. From so many women who said that he was touchy and feely in an unwanted way. Look, uh, did I learn from it? Yes, because I did make a mistake. And my mistake was, you talk about a kiss on the cheek. There is a generational, cultural, political shift in uh, people's uh, belief in what are personal barriers and proper behavior. Uh, I knew it intellectually, uh, but uh, I was not I was not attuned to it uh, enough. Uh, I'll give him half and half on that. But there are two lingering things that if he returns, Andrew Evilized Cuomo must address. This, to me, was the most egregious. We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. Can I hear that one more time, Lou? We're not going to make America great again. It was never that great. He really has to explain that. And he can't do the tap dance, and he can't walk the high wire on that. 
And then, of course, his demonization of the immigrant immigration and naturalization service, the ICE agents who risk their life every day to deal with the bad hombres out there, the gangbangers, drug dealers, and sex traffickers. New York State is the state that says we will not cooperate with ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. He politicized ICE. They're a bunch of thugs. We said we will sue them if they violate any criminal laws in the state of New York. So if there is a third time around for Andrew Evilized Cuomo as he attempts his resurrection, he's really got to answer those two questions. I know there are others lingering for all of you out there, but when he said that America was never that great, he really, that's got to be answered first and foremost. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Beat the Mets. Beat the Mets. Come on out and beat the Mets. Bring your kitty. As you know, ladies and gentlemen, I don't mince my words when it comes to Yankees versus Mets. It was the year 2000. My very dear Kumbada Cheech, Rudy Giuliani, Yankee fan, hated the Mets, asked me to be the MC in Bryant Park, where it was divided up, Yankees versus Mets in the World Series. And on one side, there were the Mets, and on the other side, Yankee fans. And I tore into Mets fans and almost created a riot. Many of the deputy mayors of... Uh, Mayor Giuliani then said, oh, you got to get him off the stage. He's going to cause a riot. As I was saying, hey, look, uh, when you go over there to Shea Stadium at the time, this is before City Field, it looks like uh, looks like a demolition derby. All the cars out there parked. Uh, the area three-eyed cousin fornicators, right? Oh, man, it started a riot. And Rudy, to his credit, said, no, Curtis is going to finish. He's the MC of this event. And Rudy, true fan. I like, I love the Yankees, I hate the Mets. And I would expect that similarly from Mets fans. Mets fans should hate, should loathe, should despise the Yankees, having been forced to live in the shadow of Yankees and Yankee teams for years and years and years. I, I completely understand it. That's loyalty. When somebody says, like I heard Eric Adams with Sid this morning, say, oh, I support both teams. That was like Hillary, remember? Hillary, who said, oh, yeah, I, I listened to Yankee games uh, growing up. Uh, that was my favorite American League team. Uh, but I was also a Chicago uh, Cubs fan from the north side of Chicago, Wrigley Field. Bogus lies, right? Those are politicians. And then all of a sudden it was said, hinting at the fact that he was snoring tickets to today's opening game. And listen to who he's going with. You are such a great guy, Randy. I mean, seriously, you've been so great to me over the years. I may take you up on the offer. In fact, uh, I think Mayor Adams is looking for tickets on Thursday, too. But uh, <laughs> I hope he goes. He's always invited. He's been there, and he's always welcome to come. Maybe we'll come together. Yeah, maybe. They are coming together. You're hearing it first here. You know, Sid, oh, I'm not going. He's going with Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. They're going to be sitting there, box seats, swapping spit. Oh, my God. What a shanda. And to think that my husband-in-law years ago when he was governor, Governor David Patterson, who was the stepfather to my older son, Anthony, now was sitting there as the governor of the American League champion Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Uh, he had gotten five tickets. Ed Rendell, 
governor of uh, Pennsylvania for the visiting Phillies in the World Series. He had gotten five tickets. And who got slammed for those free tickets? Governor David Patterson. Why? Because the attorney general at that time, Andrew Evilize Cuomo, wanted to muscle him out, which eventually he did. Uh, that was so wrong. And then, of course, there was Peter King, who has become my enemy. I want to praise Peter King because he talked about an issue that few, if any, people are bringing up. Sorry. I can just go off on one other point. Yes. A good friend of mine, Imagine. Anthony Simon, he's head of the uh, uh, railway unions, especially the conductors. He called me last night just to tell me his conductors are being attacked on the train. They're being beat up. They're defenseless because they're you know, walking down you know, collecting tickets and people start hitting them. And there's no consequences in court. So basically, he just asked me to put that in. These guys are getting beat up, and there's no consequences in the criminal courts. It's really <laughs> terrible. It's just another example of the revolving door of justice. But I told Anthony, I mentioned he's a solid guy. He's a good guy. He looks like you. He's bald, he's strong, and he's tough. Yeah, That's true. Thank you, Peter King, for defending the conductors of the Long Island Railroad who are being attacked, and there are no consequences against their attackers. But I will tell you this, Peter King, I still hate you. Because you know what? When you cut your veins and arteries, you bleed for the New York Mets who you love. And I hate Mets fans.